The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. The Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. Join with me as always. We have BOC in the house. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Today is Friday, the January 13th, BOC, Friday the 13th. Um, the Friars are about to go on another two-game Midwest road trip, but against some of the better teams in the Big East. Um, you know, they, they got Creighton on Saturday. And then we'll travel to Marquette the following Wednesday. Um, this episode, we're, we're going to preview the Creighton game. We'll, we'll take it one game at a time, wait for the Marquette game. But uh, we figured we'd start by diving into the Big East a little bit here because, you know, we're, we're recording this on a Thursday. Wednesday was a big slate of Big East hoops. Dude. Last night was awesome. Um, they tipped off at the same time, or I guess Wednesday night was awesome. They tipped off at the same time, and normally when you're worried about that, timeouts happen at the same time. It hits half at the same time. It was a little bit, um, I say, like phased out a little bit, where there is about a three or four minute difference between the two games. So when one was on a commercial, whichever you were watching, I was happening to watch uh, UConn Marquette. When there was a timeout, I would flip over to Creighton, Xavier, and vice versa when I would go back to uh, UConn. And both games were tight to the very last second. So it was a fun Wednesday night watching hoops, um, especially with Providence playing uh, at Creighton on Saturday. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, looking at the – it's kind of funny you say that because, like, I, I was only working with one screen myself. It sounds like you were too. Um but it brought brought me back to the days of gumbling, you know, when when Gumble would host the NCAA tournament, and he'd be like, "All right, we're gonna go out to this city, uh, take it this game quickly," because it was all all on one channel. But I'm dating myself. But uh, but yeah, two awesome games in the Big East. Mark uh, UConn played at Marquette, top twenty five matchup for each. Marquette ends up with the victory, eighty two seventy six. Let's start with this one, BOC. Um, you know. UConn right now has lost three of four, yep. has lost their last three games on the road. Um, granted, against the upper echelon teams of the Big East. Um, UConn, though, they, you know, their defense, everyone wants to complain about the defense in this game. To me, and we've been talking about this since day one with UConn, you know, what's their offense going to be? Early on, they were hot shooting. Now I just feel like they have an identity crisis on offense because – you go in that game, yes, they scored 76 points, 
they were stuck at 64 with, with two minutes left. And the rest of it was kind of just garbage time mm-hmm. trying to keep up. Yeah, I would I would say one of the things, and we've talked about this, like UConn is by far a better team than they were last year. But one thing that we've been pretty consistent on is we didn't know who was going to be their go-to person to get a bucket when the game was tight. Um, and there's no surprise that a couple of the games they've lost in the Big East, they've been close, they've been close, and then the other, the opposing team, like in Prov- against Providence, for instance, Providence pulled away in the final minutes because when teams tighten the screws and make that extra effort on defense, UConn doesn't have a go-to score. Like, they're going to run Hawkins um, and try and get him a shot from deep. And if that doesn't work, they're kind of at a standstill, and they don't know what to do. And having a marksman three-point shooter as your go-to scorer at the end is pretty easy to defend, I would say. Um, So, yeah, they're missing Tyrese Martin because he would always get a bucket for them. RJ Cole, even though he was like a smaller point guard, he found a way to always get clutch buckets for them. They're missing a go-to person. I don't know if they have that right now. Yeah, I, I totally disagree with. Or excuse me, I totally agree with you there. Um, and, and on top of that, it's like they've been kind of a mess, right? It's like spicy shooting from them early on in non-conference. And that, then all of a sudden, they just start jacking threes, like taking almost fifty percent of their shots as threes, and they they weren't falling. And now it's like, okay, do we go away from this? Oh, we got to play through our bigs. Thomas Noga has a good game against Creighton, and then in this one was like borderline unplayable and Donovan Clinton was the guy who ate up all his minutes. Um, and for what it's, for what it's worth, like UConn fans are bagging on Sunogo a little bit and pushing for Klingon. And I, I think he's a great player and I think he may actually end up being a better player for the UConn program than Sunogo. But like, so Sunog- even though he was a preseason player of the year in the Big East, he's not really built for that game. Like think about all we talked about with like, Clifton Moore against those Marquette bigs like they pose a lot of problems like they're they're not really bigs by nature they're like more like if they were in the NBA they would be three fours four threes kind of thing they're not really big men Sonogo's a traditional big man like it's not easy to play against them so like maybe like again I'm not defending UConn by any means but like people jumping off the Sonogo Sonogo bandwagon remember what he's done for you yeah and on top of that like I know Klingon goes for 20 and 10 in this game and have five blocks. But, like, the one thing that gets me with him is, like, if he's not dunking it, his finishing ability is terrible. Dude, Horrible. it's what we it, – no, it's what we talked about. He's still growing into his body. He doesn't know yeah. how to use his body. Which yeah, is, I mean, like, the fact that he went for 20, 20, 10, and 5 or whatever it was, and he's still, like, very uncoordinated is – a scary sign for the rest of the Big East as he's a sophomore or junior. Fair. But but then it also kind of gives you a different look, though, because on defense, he, he's going to – or excuse me, on offense, he's going to clog the paint for you and kind of kind of put guys on the island in the perimeter. And then, like, I don't know. And then on defense, it's like you can spread UConn out and then they're in trouble because he's not as fast. I don't know. He, he – you know, plus minus. I know you hate that stat. He was like a plus twenty something in this game, but Sonogo was a minus like twenty something in this game. Uh, but I don't know. It's weird. Hurley's kind of got a conundrum on his hands. But um, so yeah, there, there you have it for that game. The Creighton Xavier game. Man, was that a shootout? Xavier gets the win on their home floor, ninety to eighty-seven. Um, they approve to six and zero. 
uh, on the year in the Big East, tying Providence. But I mean, they haven't played yet, and I know my alphabet. Boc P goes before X, so uh, Friars still in first place, in my opinion. Um, but for but, I, I do I do think like Xavier, and we were texting about this earlier today. Xavier to me kind of reminds me of Providence of last year, where they've added a few transfers and they're really old. Like they, they are benefiting from the COVID rule in a massive way. Um, yeah, I agree with that. So, but who, who cares? Like we benefited from the last year. It's everybody's got that rule and they're just taking advantage of it. So that almost their entire starting lineup besides maybe a few and all the players are se- true seniors or a junior or fifth year, or even six year senior in some cases. So they're just a very old team and went, they've always had the talent. They had boom, and then you augment that with who I think, wherever you think about him and his skeletons in his closet, Sean Miller. He's a top 20 coach at worst in the country, at worst. Oh, yeah. Sean Miller's off. I mean, they upgraded massively there from yeah. Travis Steele to Sean Miller. Yeah, like at, wor- at worst, he's a top 20, and then you have all the talent. Like, as much as, like, we're in the top of the Big East, I, I would I would say Xavier probably has a better chance than us, but that's why you got to play the games. Yeah, hey, Providence Xavier games are going to be nuts. But, um, you know, in this game, I, you know, Creighton gave it a good effort, man. They, they were scoring in bunches. Um, Shireman went off in this game, 25 points. Um, there was a pretty – they had the mic'd up huddle and Sean Miller, like, grabbed Col- Colby Jones was like, I know you didn't mean to do- jump on the up bit, but you can't do that. Like, you have to stay on him the rest of the game. Uh, he was lighting them up. But it seemed like Creighton kind of ran out of gas. Um, you know, to me in this game, to me for Xavier. Hey, can, I, can I say one? Can I say yeah. one thing about Creighton because we're going to talk about them anyway? Sure. Is their offense worse with Shireman than than last year? It feels like they are running the offense way too much for him and giving him too much isolation. Whereas last year was more like free flowing and the ball moved a bit more. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's tough to say. It, it seems like, I mean, they didn't lose a ton, but it seems like they had a better bench last year too. Maybe that plays into it. I don't know. I mean, they, they score 87 points in the game. Um, so it, for me, it's tough to say. But, I mean, if you think about it, they're just not shooting as well as they have in the past. Um, or at least they've been very streaky. Either they're really good or, or, um, or, or they're ice cold. Um, for me and that game, they, they just couldn't buy a rebound. I mean, I know you're not going to get a ton of rebounds when you give up 90 points, you allow Xavier to shoot 50% from the floor, 42% from three, but they had 29 rebounds in this game and six offensive rebounds. Yeah. Xavier was plus 11 on the glass and a plus nine on the offensive glass. They got 15 rebounds. He like, Cockburner had nine boards. But it seemed like he was always out of possession or position, and and Fremantle and um, and Nunji were just getting every rebound out there. Dude, so great point because I was watching Creighton and Kalkbrenner is what seven one. He's like similar size to Klingon, right? Like he's pretty close to it. I had the same exact thought. I was like, why is he not getting more rebounds? Why is he not impacting the boards more? I know you have your thoughts and sentiments around Kalkbrenner. Um. I think he's a great big in that system in that system. Um, because all their bigs like rim run and like that pick and roll and like alley you play, it just it, it works seamlessly. Um, 
remember like Justin Patton, like use that all the way to go 16th to the bulls. Um, but I'm shocked. He's not like even blocking shots. He will like, it seems like he's not getting off the ground. He might still be not hundred percent. Like he's not rebounding. So like, yes, he's big. And like, he's got six inches on Croswell, but maybe even yeah, right around there. Um, but he's not impacting the game in a big way, like a Klingon would, or even a Nunji. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we get too deep into Creighton, I, I do want to hit on one more point here for Xavier. For me, well, it's kind of two points. One, Sule Boom is a problem. That guy is nasty. But two, I, I've noticed when X loses this year, Fremantle and Nunji are kind of no-shows. Well, um, Fremantle's a freaking loose cannon. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would do – if I'm Providence, I'm game planning around trying to get in that guy's head and get him, like, tossed out of the game. <laughs> Um, yeah, but like, I mean, and they were good. I mean, Fremantle had a rough shooting night, but he got a lot of, I think they combined for like 24 plus boards. So, um, yeah, playing them is going to be, uh, fun to say at least because they're very talented. Um, but I, I do want to quickly get to a result that happened on Tuesday first and then kind of talk about the Big East standings as we stand now and then we'll jump in the crane so tuesday we had a streak end boc and it was not the georgetown hoyas ending their 26 game big east uh losing streak it was the DePaul blue demons who hadn't beaten villanova since january of 2008 i'm a senior in high school at that point boc i believe you're a freshman right Yeah, I was I was just tearing it up in Aquinas doing God knows what. (laughs) Um, like the the that was the year the Patriots uh, undefeated season until the Giants ripped our hearts out. Well, not not your heart, but my heart out. Uh, That was by um, by the way, that was like the worst Super Bowl for me because I despise both teams. (laughs) That's great. The Jersey Cowboy fan is still wild to me, but that's fine. Uh, So. Yeah, DePaul beats Villanova. Villanova now sits at nine and nine. Okay, I tweeted this out pretty much since the expansion, or excuse me, the realignment. Villanova had only lost more than eight games once in a season, and it was um, the 2019 season. I was. It's actually kind of funny that they went twenty six and ten that that year. They got eliminated by Purdue in Hartford in the second round of the tournament. I was actually at that game, and I remember – like, Is that the Carson Edwards game? Yes. Uh, and I remember walking by the student section. I was like, how can you do this? You're playing, like, in the East Coast. This is embarrassing. And they're like, well, who do you root for? And I was like, Providence. And they all, like, resound, got a resounding chuckle, like, from all the students. It's funny where we sit now. Who's laughing but, now? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, now Villanova sits at 99. And honestly, their resume is bleak. They're starting to get into territory. It's not there yet. There's still plenty, plenty of time to go here. But they're getting close and closer to having to win the biggest tournament to get in, which is yeah. wild. Um, yeah, they're, um, I think they're at the point, honestly, where they – I mean, maybe not there yet. But actually, they, have, they had some bad out-of-conference losses, right? Yeah. They lost to uh, Temple. 
they might they they're like a loss or two away from having to win in win in in a Big East tournament. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's it, right? dude. Welcome to Providence. Like that's the Providence of old. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so now you look at the Big East standings. Um, so you got Providence and Xavier sitting at top at six and zero, um, but again. X comes or P comes before X, so we're still first. Uh, you got Marquette at five and one, UConn at four and two, Creighton, who we'll see on Saturday at three and two, um, and then you got Nova all the way in eighth place. At excuse me, they're eight and nine, not nine, eight and nine. Um, at two and four in conference, I think this race is going to be awesome. I really do. I, I do think Villanova will find a way to kind of claw back a little bit and, and see if they can make things interesting. Maybe not win the league, but uh, at least make the race interesting. I think this race is going to be wild, dude. It's going to be crazy. I think I think it might be sixteen and four. Yeah, I, like we were talking about this. I went fourteen. You said it should be higher, right? That, that's what it was. Or did I say thirteen? So no, I think I initially said sixteen, and you like lost your mind. Which like it sounds ridiculous, sixteen. Yeah. And four. Like it sounds way too high. But then you think about last year, we were fourteen and three, and you know, province fans don't want to say this, but like we won by winning percentage because I think, I think Villanova had more wins than us. Yeah. Yeah. So if we play those three games, assume at worst we win two at three because we're playing so well, we'd be at 16. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's going to be 15 or 16. I think it's, honestly, I think it's trending towards maybe even 17. Maybe. Like, Cause I, I think the league is so top half. Like the disparity between the top half in the Big East and the bottom half is so crazy right now. And teams are already showing early, the good teams, that they can't win on the opposing good teams floor. So, man, this race is going to be something, uh, you know, this month, next month, and then early March. I can't wait for it. All right, let's move on. Providence takes on Creighton on Saturday. Um, In Omaha. Let's see. What time we got 2 p.m. FS1. Yep. Um, so like I said, Creighton's reeling, you know, right now. They're a team too that that's starting to, you know, I don't know if you want to call this one a must win for them, but if they lose this one now, they're starting to trend into a bad situation. And you're talking about two top two teams that that were the only two biggest teams ranked in the preseason. And you're talking about a Creighton team that was a final four, you know maybe not favorite, but close to it. Um, and dude, it's wild. To me, it was like, could they live up to the hype? And like, clearly they're showing so far. No, but you watch that team and it's like, dude, they're, it's the starting five, which is very good. Yeah. And that's it. They have, they have, uh, what's his name? Farabelle. Farabelle will give some good minutes, but yeah, they, it is kind of like they have no bench. So, what does Providence do really well? They draw fouls. They get to the foul line a lot. If, again, this is where I'm nervous. Like, I'm not – if the refs don't call anything, that benefits Creighton in a big way. If the refs call it like they normally do with Providence games, it could get really dicey really quick for Creighton, especially if they have to lean on, like, Frederick King, who's a fre- who's a good big, but he's a freshman, as well as Farabello, who is playing well, but, again, he's a role player. Um I would do everything possible to get them in foul trouble. And I was thinking about it besides maybe like, besides maybe Kalkbrenner, 
against Croswell, we match up really well defensively against them. Yeah. Like uh, really, like really well. You don't have, so it'll be interesting because like Carter, you would assume would be on Baylor. Yep. But at the same Hopkins, time. Hopkins on Kaluma. Yep. But then at the same time, you know, Carter's probably just as good as Manaya was defensively, but Manaya was, is a little bigger, right? Shireman's a big boy. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. So th- that, that matchup is going to be interesting for sure. But I do think it does help that we played them South Dakota State uh, last year and at least got to experience what Shireman brings to the table. Um, two things to me that are going to be pretty much paramount in this game. Rebounding, and I talked about it when we talked about the Creighton-Xavier game. And you look it up, Creighton's actually only is fifth in the Big East in rebounds per game at 37.6, mm-hmm. which, you know, is solid. Province is obviously number two at 39.9. But here's the big thing. Creighton ranks ninth in the league in offensive rebounds per game. Providence ranks second. The boards are going to, at least I think, will be a pretty big uh, indicator in this game, I think. We've we've been saying it all year, and I think we say it every time we talk about Cooley teams. They're tough as nails. And I think it's – I think I like watching McDermott versus Cooley because it's two styles that are just so drastically different from each other, but they both work this year. Maybe not working all that well for Creighton, but – I think he'll sort it out. But anyway, it's like the flashy offensive style, free-flowing offense, where like it's somewhat like defense optional, right? Um, whereas Cooley's known as like having a stellar defense, and sometimes like we can muck it up on offense, which not this year, but in the past that's been that way. I think like I'd rather have a good defense than a really good offense because a good offense can falter can falter. Like I a defense is pretty consistent. And so that's where I really like Providence because I think again, we've they shock teams with their defensive effort and intensity. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I I think another thing that's kind of key in this game, obviously, will be the three-point shooting. Now, Creighton, like I said, you know, they're still a good three-point shooting team. They actually ranked second in the Bs at 35.8%. Um, but they've been streaky this year. And a lot of games, you know, I know we we aren't a huge fan of analytics, but one thing I always see on Twitter with Creighton is their shot quality. Mm-hmm. Like like you can you can say how a game would go based on shot quality, like a final score. And like I believe against UConn, they got a ton of good open looks from three, couldn't hit any of them. Um, and you know theoretically by by shot creation, they could have beaten UConn. Um, so to me, I think a big part of this, and I know three point defense early on was an issue for the Friars. It's kind of gone away, I think, but part of that, you know, I don't know if that's dead yet. So if Creighton's making their shots, we could be in trouble. Yeah. They're, they have a point enough offense where it could be one of those things where they get hot on offense and it's just not our day. Like, remember it's really tough to win on the road in the Big East. And I I don't know. I think I alluded to it, but, like, I I, I hate saying it. I'm expecting us to go 0-2 on this road trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be okay with that. Like, the ship's not sinking. It's hard to win on the road, especially against teams like Creighton and Marquette. 
oh and two is my expectation if they go one and one i'm happy if they go two and oh like we're by far the front runners for repeating um one and one we're still very much on track um if not i feel even better about it um Creighton and Marquette road games were the hunted as leaders of the Big East. Like it's going to be tough out. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so what are you thinking? You know, I'm also because I feel like Kaluma. I think his numbers are slightly better, but he's not shooting as well this year. Um, Which is surprising. I thought he was going to have a breakout like first round talent type year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Which again speaks to my point. I like is Shireman. Like I know he's. I know he was awesome against Xavier, but there are also a lot of opportunities where he hurt them both on the offensive and defensive end. Like, I don't know if they're making it too Shireman-centric. I know you feel differently and you want to, you want them to build their offense around him because he's a great player, and I agree. But, like, it seemed like it, it was more of a selfless effort last year on offense for Creighton. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we're talking about that Xavier game, it just felt like, though, like they couldn't get any other offense. Sure. So they kind of had to rely on him uh, to do that. Like the thing is, you know, Creighton granted their second in the, in the biggest in three point shooting, but they take 25 a game. So like, it's like you're missing extra, you know what I mean? Like you're missing extra shots compared to obviously a two is going to be a higher percentage shot. Um, that's why it's worth less, but like, I feel like these teams that jack up threes are kind of doing themselves disservice, but obviously their team went hot, hard to stop. So, so who's like, um, who do you think is the biggest X factor for Providence in this one? Is it, is it Croswell like playing similar to what he did against Sonoga, like playing Kalkbrenner to a standstill, if not potentially getting the better of them? Is it Hopkins just completely exploiting their defense and getting them in foul trouble? Like I'm just curious, or is it, I don't know. Is it is it Carter who just completely shuts down Shireman? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna it's gonna be Carter as the X factor because if he can get if he can play the way he's been playing, getting downhill, scoring around the hoop, getting to the line, making steals, like those are the type. Devin Carter's type of game is the type of game you'd want being on the road, right? Yeah. <laughs> like. Uh, you just got that dog in him in terms of just getting after it on the defensive end and just making plays, willing his team to win. So I would think him, we do have to bring up an important point here. Jared Bynum, um, Cooley, as of Thursday, said he's day-to-day, not practicing today, hopeful to practice tomorrow, so Friday, um, going to travel with the team regardless. I, you know, you said you don't want to rush him back. That was your take in the text group, right? Yeah, I, I would say we have a long season ahead of us. And thankfully, like, we're not at Creighton or Villanova right now where we, we need to win in order to get into the NCAA berth where you kind of rush him along. We can afford to be very patient because Breed has shown to be a very capable backup and he could step in and start and be more than okay. It's We're not going to have the offense offensive firepower that we have with Bynum. Our defense improves with Breed. Um, and he knows what he's doing. He's a veteran. So, like, I feel very, very comfortable with him starting. Um, I would almost wait until we get back from Marquette and then reevaluate him because we need him for the stretch run. We've said it all year. 
the best version of Providence is a healthy Jared Bynum, Bynum playing well, not him on the bench. So I don't want to rush him back at 70%. I want him back at 100%. I'm hearing everything you're saying, but to me, if he can go, go. Because Creighton's a potent offensive team, and we need all the weapons we can have. Uh, yeah, I, I would hold off. Your 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 season can be if he gets if he re injures it. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's terrible. I mean I, to me, I think it's no bleak because he you know he's grabbing his ribs. And it was on that it was on that pass that he got hurt where he yeah. slipped. Um, and, and that is something that can linger. You don't want to reaggravate. I I get all that, but if he feels like good to go, I don't know. I think they could use him um, for his offense. All right. You know, we don't have an article out yet, but what are you thinking for predictions? I will go. Um, Creighton, Creighton 80, Providence 78. I was going to go Creighton 80, Providence 72. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I do think, I think both you and I both think that they can, they can still win this game. Oh, absolutely. I like, I'm getting ahead of myself. Like when we play, when we play Connecticut at Gamble, I, I don't know. I don't know if we have a chance there. Like, yeah, yeah. Who knows? This one, like, if we came out with a W, I wouldn't be surprised. I just think Creighton it needs wins. Yeah, they're a desperate team, and they're a good team. And McDermott's a great coach. Like, let's not forget what they are and what they were perceived preseason because they're they. Nothing. The, the talent's still there. Everything's still yep. there. They just need to click. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I, and, and yeah, you know, I'm worried about Butler because Butler's got to be desperate, but they're not a good team. So, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. A- anything else? You got anything? No, no, man. I'm ex- I'm excited. I, I miss watching uh, as much as as much fun as it is to see like top 25 teams lose while we're just sitting on the couch and Providence is just like climbing up the rankings. I want to see us uh, get back on the court. I miss watching the Friars play. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I I'll be watching in Maine ski weekend. I, I don't ski. I hung up the Walker ski years ago. I yes, I did have a Walker that had skis attached to the bottoms. Uh, but I hung that up a while. Did you have a Did you have a beer holder on that? Because that would have been pretty neat. No, because I was like between the ages of seven and like eleven. But I, I stand by what I said. <laughs> but it would have come in handy though. I, I agree. Especially if I still had the walker ski. It got thrown away, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I plan on watching it at some ski lodge bar. It's going to be epic. Uh, I'm excited. But also, before we end it, I want to shout out BOC. Beat me in Biggie's Fancy Hoops, everybody. Uh, he gets the win. I was 5-2 and two going on the year. BOC, I don't know your record, but now I'm 5-3. and, three. and, I'm, five and three. You, I'm 5 and 3 as well. Let me tell you, BOC. I don't know if I would have beaten you because you put up a pretty good number. Um, I was debating whether or not, because the way it works is like, it's a period of a few days and you got to figure out who's playing, who's not. Um, And I had Jaden Taylor against St. John's and he was in my flex, Jaden Taylor, Butler. Um, And I had a few other options like Maxine Prosper, Al Dawes, and um, one of the other, well, the Paul Big Hen, I think. Yeah. And uh, 
I stuck with Taylor, and he gave me a goose egg. He played horrendous. This guy is the most frustrating Big East fantasy player. And I know a lot of people don't play, but this guy is the most frustrating player I've ever seen. I benched him one week, and he went nuts. He hit the most threes in his career. And I play him the other night, and he gets goose egg, BOC. A zero. Hard to do. He went I, um... 0-5 from the floor, zero points. I think he had a turnover and a steal. That's how we equate it to zero points. <laughs> a, a trillion, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah, no, dude, I feel the same way. I have Klingon on my team, and every time I start him, he does nothing. And every time I put him on the bench, he just goes off like he did last night. Well, at, at least in your case, the benefit of the doubt is like you're b- banking on Hurley playing him, which Hurley's like been very weird about either giving him a ton of burn or not playing him at all. Yeah. Jim Taylor plays like the majority of the game. Just stinks. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Oh man, but I digress. All right, that's going to do it for another episode of the Province Crier podcast. Again, continue to read our blog, provincecrier.com. We'll have some stuff out there. I'm Mike Surratt. Follow me on Twitter at Province Crier. He's BOC. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Until next time, Fire Time. See you later. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, eh? Cross over, I might throw the alley-oop Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school PC, you know we on go, eh? Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh? Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, eh? I'm the alpha dog, Diallo They were sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage and he see me bumpin', so we gon' let him have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh Cross over, I might throw the alley-oop But they sleeping on me while I take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth